You're listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we firmly believe that love is the answer and we are spreading it like wildfire. You're invited to come spend time with us in authentic connection, growth, reflection, and celebration. Life coach, author, and speaker, Abigail Gazda, will be sharing amazing humans living their hearts unleashed to inspire you to do the same. You will hear from men, women, and young people from all industries sharing their insights and inspiration as they have paved their way to their fullest lives. Here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. So if you are ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right, welcome. You are listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. And you guys, I am so excited to share today's guest with you. David Palmer, aka the Leo King. He is a celebrity astrologer and really known for his <laughs> his outspoken Leo ways. He's very dynamic in the way that he brings astrology to the mainstream media and I really love this because before I knew anything about astrology, I actually uh, happened upon David's profile during the full moon in January. So much commotion around that full moon. And I started really getting into the work and watched his entire episode about the full moon during the full moon. And it was quite amazing and really shifted my relationship to astrology. So I'm super proud to have him on. And he is also the founder of High Vibe TV, 12 House Media, Spiritual Dance Music, and more a complete entrepreneur if I have to say so myself so thanks so much for being here David oh thanks for having me super stoked to be here yeah yeah so I'd really love to ask you to tell our listeners a little bit more about you and how you got started because um, following your astrology is a lot of fun and very insightful however I also love on Instagram and in your work how you share yourself too not you're not just that TV personality. You're not just the astrology personality. We get to meet a lot of you in in your profile and in, in your content. And so, tell us a little bit about how you got into astrology. You know, it's I'm very real, as you said. Like I'm pretty just open with who I am. And so, my mom was into spiritual books, like in the '90s, and I just remember picking a couple up. Like I remember Mars is or men are from Mars, women are from Venus was like <laughs> one of the first books, and then that brought me to a library that looked at an astrology book. And when I found out I was a Leo, it was like, Oh yeah. But I think, you know, and I've said this story a lot, sometimes it sounds repetitive, but it really was just going to the high school parties and asking the chicks what their sign were, because it was like, I was interested because I wanted to be like, Oh, you're cute. Like what's your sign. And, <laughs> and that really did help me because back in the day it, it was AOL with the 56 K modems. And I had that second phone line that I begged and got. <laughs> So I feel very privileged that I was able to do that. And yeah. I would go on AOL and search up like old astrology sites from the 90s that were like those old HTML ones that were just like, you know, piece of color with some weird little, you know, those old websites back in the day. And then I kind of pushed it to the side, went to the military, and I ended up having a very extreme year in the military at 18 years old. Everything from being the leader of my boot camp to being a rescue swimmer in the Navy during the wartime in 2003, my um, Operation Iraqi Freedom, to then working on F-18s, which is a dream of mine. I love Top Gun. And uh, I worked with the Jets that actually went to Top Gun. Then I 
went into drugs again after being in drugs in high school. And then I ended up in military prison and I ended up with a hernia in the hospital. So I went to jail, uh, everything 12th housey in astrology, which is the ruler of that. Jupiter was going through there. And I was when I got kicked out back in Southern California, like, what am I going to do next? I turned to astrology and a more in-depth approach and was mm. able to understand why all these things started to happen. And that was really the real big start. So I'm 35 now. So that was about what? I don't know, 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. And then it really was slowly using it, working normal jobs in life, nine to fives in the boat industry, in the car industry, and then the economy collapsed in 2008. So I literally could not get a job in my industry. And that's when I said, I'm gonna just do the astrology thing and be a DJ and got on a bunch of reality shows and used reality television to come out as a astrologer. Mm. I was the first astrologer to be a reality TV show personality. Like that was yeah. a very weird thing. And that's pretty much what started it. And yeah. that's how I got into it. What, what was your experience? Cause I'm present to how you're at the front of the wave with, cause now popular it's hot. It's, you know, everyone wants to talk about it. Everyone wants to know more. And that's great because the consciousness is rising. So very predictable, right? But to be at the front of that wave, when people don't know what the hell you're talking about, talk about you being crazy or like, what's this, what's that? What was it like to be a trendsetter in that sense? It was very weird because one, I was very young. So um, I didn't even really know there was an astrology community, mm. right? So it felt very alone. Two, I had, you know, family and I also uh, had friends that were very deep in the church. So I was kind of looked at as like, what are you doing? And then I was in the rave scene. So there was a lot more people open to it there. But even then, when it came to all my, my, my guy friends, you know, because we'd all go to the clubs together and go to the raves together, you know, it's like, are you talking that crazy crap again? But somehow the girls are talking to you. You know what I mean? Like, like so, so it was like I got away with it that way. But that was if the girls weren't talking to me, I literally would have probably not. They might have not been friends with me. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But that was a very... Um, alone feeling and always like when people go what do you do and it's like oh i'm an astrologer and they just almost go well wait, what is that like they like they actually don't they didn't know back then yeah and i think that for me it was more of just like if i just stay on this i just know this is what i'm supposed to do and mm -hmm. that's that got me through and i was able to understand the transits back when nobody was talking about them you know like i i remember going through some of the worst parts of my life during those years being like, oh, yeah, Mars is retrograde in Leo. I am a Leo. I am a Leo rising. Okay. You know, <laughs> this won't happen for a long, long time again. You know, like, it's like those things were helping me in my life. Yeah. Yes. Um, I really love when you speak jargon. <laughs> it's like another language. It's really cool. And what is the experience? Because at Hearts Unleashed, we have a lot of people listening who want to follow their heart, want to follow their path. Speak to the isolation feeling you were talking about when you follow your heart and your, your path. Well, speaking to that isolation part is that is actually the best place you can be for following your heart. Because being in the sheep herd, there's something that feels very off when you know you're, you got a sheep's butt in your face and then you got a sheep's head in your butt. <laughs> right? So yeah. <laughs> there's something freeing about not having those smells 
in and out of you, like, you know, all over you and outside the gates of an open field. So isolation feels like, well, I'm doing something wrong because everybody else is in that arena. But when you start going over the hill, you start to see oasises and paradise and you start to realize nobody's over here right now. And then you find happiness and contentment within the adventure and the experience of following where you are going to find your calling in life. And, and it also allows you to connect with God, I would say, a lot more powerfully because we get distracted on this planet by our friends, our, well, in today's world, social media. But back then, you know, it was just like MySpace and into Facebook, and that was not a lot. So it was, <laughs> it, was it was like, it was a good time for me to be like, wow, it's just going to be me and an astrology uh, ephemeris for a long mm -hmm. time and, and charts and history and looking up the history of, oh, in that year, what happened? And that was even back when Wikipedia wasn't that big. So I was like, going back into old Encyclopedia Britannica's and going into everything that I could to truly find that. And I think when you do that, you find your heart. That isolation is where you actually do the work. Mm, uh, that feels so good to just hear because, you know, when you're starting that, that, that feeling of isolation or just the fear of it can prevent us from, you know, getting off the path and finding our own way, but you're so right about once you make it over that hill, there's bliss, there's joy, there's room, there's room to yeah. flow and grow. And oh, it feels so good. <laughs> and then I love the commitment, though, that you were referencing, because developing your craft by actually flipping open a book cover and learn, learning some shit, learning some real shit, not just Googling it, and it's all available at your fingertips. And speak to the commitment it takes because there's there, there was one post that really stuck out to me um, about what you were sharing with starting and people not tuning in at first and then having all sorts of downloads all sorts of um, people like actually starting to follow but you never stopped putting yourself out there what did that take what did it take to keep showing up when no one was tuning in or when you were just getting your start that's a really good question because I want to point something out that makes it, I would say, even more harder than a normal person would go through is before I even was doing my daily videos on YouTube, which then of course turned into apps and yada yada and television shows and so forth is I was a reality TV star on ABC prime time. Ashton Kutcher, Tyra Banks and uh, Warner Horizon who does The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. The only other reality show they do is the True Beauty, which I was on. So we're talking 2010. The internet was still not where people were hanging. TV was the deal. 7 million to 10 million viewers an episode. And you get all those people watching you and nobody comes to follow you. Plus, there wasn't a lot of social media to follow you on back then. So it was like I just had all of the world watch like 25 countries and nobody really gives a crap. Oh yeah. So you get that and then you realize there's nothing there. Then you start putting out and you're like, okay, I'm live streaming on something called back then it was Ustream. That was what it was, Ustream.tv. And you have one person watching you and then, you know, you put up a video and on YouTube and it's like, all right, I got two views, you know? or you get one like on a post. And I'm like, well, I'm just starting. That's the approach I took. And I'm like, 
I know that the information, if it's good and it's quality, it will just somehow reach there. And I never was a beggar, like, please everybody, you know, like, or I was never putting it on other people. This is back in the day, remember when people used to tag like everybody and their friends, like on oh, a post? They still do it and they, that's the fastest way to lose a friend on social media. <laughs> I know, so I just was like, I'm not gonna do that. And I'm just gonna trust the universe and trust my heart and trust that I'm in my divine guidance of why I'm supposed to be here. And it was crazy because after one month, it went from like one view to like a thousand a day. Mm -hmm. And then after two months, it went to 2000. And then it was just like exponential from there. I mean, literally, and that might not be everybody's story, but it was the consistency. It was, I made a commitment that I would show up every day with a video. And I have not stopped that in seven and a half years. So it's over 10,000 videos. It's a lot of work, but consistency and commitment work. Well, and I love that that's what came up because that's what we're talking about on the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where whether someone wants to be an influencer of sorts or, you know, whatever they want to be doing, I love that you're speaking to the consistency and persistence that it takes to achieve any goal. What would you say to somebody now who aspires to grow and to be a leader in the world who may be producing content, may be putting themselves out there, may be trying to date, maybe whatever their goal is, but they're, you know, just not seeing results. What would you love to say to someone who's really going through that right now? Uh, the one thing that I would say is that distractions over things that are not bringing in what you want have to be not thrown out, but have to be put aside to where like a side burner, right? Like, okay, like, let's say you love going every week with your friends to the bar or something, or you like to go over here, whatever the situation is that you're trying to attain. There comes this point where you have to realize that the number one thing to do is the one thing that you want to do and put that before everything. And if you get it done every day, then you start to go in and reevaluate, well, what's gonna be surrounding me in my environment that's actually gonna be conducive for what I wanna achieve? Do I have the space? So if it's a love relationship, like, am I talking to a relationship that's on the fence? We don't know where we're at and we're just continually talking and there's kind of a stagnicity? Well, I should probably get rid of that in order to bring in the love. Am I in a job to where I'm putting out content but nobody's really listening, but really, I'm listening more to other people's content and what they're doing all the time more than I'm making my own. Like, you know, you have to just start kind of doing those flips. It's, it's, it actually is pretty simple because it's like, it makes you realize that these attachments outside of ourselves or the attachments we have to things that we really want, but they're attached to things that are not what we want. We just have to learn to adjust where we're putting our energy. I don't think that it's this end all be all, like you have to destroy your whole life in this area or all this. Like, I don't think it's that. I just think it's like, where are these little minor adjustments? And sometimes it's the smallest, stupidest thing that readjusts to the biggest thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love I love that. And because I think we all like a lot of people do want a blank slate and a chance to start over, but it's not like that. It's those incremental shifts that continue to occur that accumulate. I would say the biggest one, though, on a personal level is trust. And it's not just like trust in that it's going to happen, but it's trust in that the universe is not here to screw you over. Mm. Like a lot of people have trust or intimacy issues in relationships or even with their job or how much they're going to commit to or that they, you know, oh, I'm too tired. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. It's like, just show up. Watch what happens. 
you know, like I, mm -hmm. I went to a great event just this week for Shaman Derek's uh, book launch party, right? And it's like, you know, a lot of people are always now today, like, I don't know if I want to go to a party or go, want to go out to an event. But when you just show up, it's just watch the magic happen. The magic just happens so much wherever you go. And his book launch party was great. It was like over 300, 400 people there. And it was just all spiritual influencers and everybody who knows each other, but we don't know each other. We all are on Instagram and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and whatever. And, and you're all in the same room and then you all start to connect. Now magic starts to happen, you know? So there's something about just showing up and trusting, but a lot of people have so much fear of, you know, not being able to actually have what they want, even though they want it, but they're too afraid to actually have it. So they close off to it. When it starts showing up, it's like, oh, wait, hold on a second, you know? <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. And so what sort of things have you had to let go of in order to step into your flow and that momentum? I've had to let go of a lot of things to get into my flow. At the beginning, I had to let go of marijuana and drug use. That was, it was teetering off the drug use, but I'd been using marijuana every day since like 15. And this is when I was 26, seven right there. So 2012, yeah. So, and I remember being high and I remember, you know, it had been like a month and a half of doing the horoscopes and I started to get followers, but I started having anxiety bad. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, I've smoked weed for over 10 years or whatever. And the next thing I knew was like, literally was like, whether you want to call that talking to your guide, some people might not believe that, but I'm, I'm somebody who talks to God, my guides. I talked to my, to God, you know, it was like, do you really want this? Like you're in the backseat of a car on like a Friday at noon stoned, just driving down the freeway to go to some other guy's apartment and just like hang out. Like there becomes that moment in your life where you go, this is not where I really want to be to go where I want to go. So marijuana was something for me. I had to drop, not for everybody, you know, but that was my situation. And then I would say that it was who were my circle of friends. I'm still friends with the people I was, you know, a raver with, or I went to high school with or everything, but you know, you grow up and then it's like, I'm only going to hang around people that are in the area or in the space right now that, are conducive to my growth or conducive to where I'm trying to achieve. And that can be kind of scary at first, but I think that it's really important. So distractions really were my thing and only just aligning myself and what I want to do. And then of course, always having a space, a sacred space to do what I want to do. And, and so I've always had an office. I've always had, even if it started in my apartment, like I made an office space and I just made that clear energy for the work I do. And I, planned out what I was going to do. And I made a 20 year business plan. And then I made a five year in every way to a 10 year. And, and so I'm always like making sure I'm where I want to be on the track and moving the, the goalpost forward. Yeah. And I'm always making sure that I'm on that all the time and anything that doesn't feel in alignment with that, that comes in, I'm not afraid to say no, mm -hmm. like, no, there's a lot of tempting things, trust me, a lot of tempting things in the world that tried to pull you off your track. And I, and I am just like, no, if I did my work and I got all my stuff done, maybe, yeah, now, yeah, but it's still <laughs> got to be on my path, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so present to your clarity and focus and commitment right now. What is your favorite part about the work that you do? I'd say my favorite part about the work I do is just 
the knowing that it's helping people become more aware that we are all going through the same things at the same time. So astrology has always been about sun signs and your own natal chart and, and that's all extremely valid. I don't want to put that down, but as we raise an awareness in this universe that we live in, there is an understanding that we are collectively going through energies at the same time and using astrology to do that such a long time ago when it was a sun sign based horoscope land and bridging a collective conscious. It was always known as the un, you know, the, the collective unconscious. So I switched it to the collective conscious back then. And then it's funny. I, it, I think that the greatest part of my work is hearing like terms that I've created, like being spread around the spiritual community, like collective consciousness, like, yeah. like they literally coined that thing in 2010. And it was yeah. like, people were actually emailing me like, it's collective unconscious. I'm like, exactly. That's why I shifted <laughs> it. But now I hear people spread it around like it's normal stuff. Yeah. Or I call little things like Uncle Jupe, you know, and then people yeah. start calling Jupiter Uncle Jupe or, you know, so it's like, you know, you start to just see that it's spreading. And, and that's the best part is that people are becoming awake and they're becoming excited. And I'm not trying to take ownership of nada as far as like, I think it's just hilarious and fun to watch it because it's like, it spreads and it works. And, you know, I can say that there's been others besides me that have really helped astrology become popular by making it fun and cool. And I think the best part about it is I get to be a comedian, like a stand-up comic. I get to be a, a dramatic improv master. I get to be a great master astrologer. I get to laugh. I get to be serious. I get to be a speaker. It's like, I get to do all my dreams all at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I get to be a model still. I get to go on television shows. I get to, I'm like, I get to be a reality star. I get to do all of it. I'm like, wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. Cause I, I ask most, uh, most guests, like, what does it look like for your heart to be unleashed? But I feel like we see that. <laughs> I feel like we pretty much witness that every time we see you. Yeah, it's true though. I really just have like let my full dreams come true. Yeah. All of them. And found a way that, and, and this is what I tell a lot of people is that if you put the work to a higher purpose, especially godly, in any direction that might be for someone, that you, all your dreams will come true through that focal point. But a lot of what I was doing first was putting like my DJing before my astrology for a while. Mm -hmm. And that really did not work. When I put my astrology before DJing, then my DJing popped, then everything else popped. And then every, all my TV stuff popped and everything. It was like, I put the mission first and every other dream came true. Instead of putting this egoic mission of like your own wants and needs of what you want to attain first, which a lot of people, and I live in LA, it's like, you know, it's just like nonstop of that. Yeah. You said something very specific. You said, I let my dreams come true. I love that. Would you please talk to our listeners about receiving for a minute? Yeah, well, that goes with the trust thing I brought up. To receive, you have to be willing to have the doors open and you have to trust. So, I mean, it's funny on my way here, uh, you know, as you and I were talking before here, you know, like we had uh, somebody come here that had driven 500 miles without even asking to come to the studios. And, um, something in my gut had told me like, well, I don't know why, but I'm not supposed to go here. So I was receiving. So you'd think, oh, well, I'm not trusting, but I'm actually, I'm trusting that something doesn't feel right. 
So I took like some time to take care of some personal stuff. Then it just felt right. Then I got in my car and went. And I avoided dealing with that person. And then on top of it, when it comes to trusting to in order to receive is like, you've got to just show up fully and know that. And why I'm bringing this up is because on the way here, I had to use Waze because the traffic is so bad in LA to get to the studio. It took me <laughs> literally two hours to get 30 miles. So um, I was going through Compton, which most of the time, and everybody's heard of it, whether it's Long Beach, Inglewood, through any Snoop Dogg album or through anything, right? <laughs> you've heard of Compton before. Like, I had to drive through Compton, right? And like, I'm just looking around and it's just gangbangers and stuff, but everybody's living their lives. And I'm not afraid, I'm open to receive and I'm getting a faster way to get to work. Like, to me, I don't trip out about anything like that. And I know I'll be fine in every situation. Like, and I can receive anything. I always call it the lobby in the hotel. If your lobby ain't open to examine what's coming in, sure, trust is a big thing. And of course, you don't want to let everything in. Some things are negative, but that's why hotels have a lobby. So have your lobby open, let it in. And I don't want to say vet it, but just feel the energy. Like at a hotel, if somebody walks in and they're doing weird things in the lobby and they're not coming up to the front counter, usually there's going to be a security guard that goes like, excuse me, what are you doing here? Can I help you? And they usually approach it in a nice way. And then usually that dark energy or what it doesn't feel right will either come out like, oh, actually, I'm sorry. I'm meeting somebody here. Oh, okay. And then they'll keep an eye, and if that person comes in, it's okay, and then stay in the hotel. But then if it's weird, it's like, well, if you're not here, sir, you know, can you please take, or ma'am, or whatever, can you please, you know, maybe go out here? There's a great, you know, coffee shop down the way. <laughs> this is for hotel guests, you know? Yeah, I love that analogy. I think it's, I think it's great, um, because in a lot of the work that I do as well, I'm asking people to listen inward, and they're like, I can't hear anything. There's no messages coming through, you know, and it's because they're so blocked up or so distracted is a big one that I like to look at. And I want to kind of baseline that with it just being intuition, just mm. listening to your intuition. And I, I like to also refer to it as like, oh, my spidey senses are tingling like something's, something's not going on right here. And uh, just being able to listen to that. And, and then you also said, I talked to God. I, I too will look like a crazy person if I'm standing here on my own, just having a conversation full out with my spirit guides. And it's like, it's so powerful because um, I really like what you pointed out is asking like, is this really what you want when you felt called to let go of marijuana and, and just, I've been called celibate and it's like, I'm like, are we sure about this? Is, are, like, do you really want it? <laughs> Cause I don't know if I really want that. And it's so interesting because beyond the decision is so much clarity and so many thoughts that you just wouldn't, wouldn't have access to otherwise. And so what sort of things have you discovered or what sort of things have opened up for you in listening to all that intuition? Well, I think you uh, have brought up so many great things about the spidey senses to, you know, it, it's important to ask because, and I, and I never make anything an end all be all. I would say mm -hmm. that this is the answer to your question is like, so sure, for the last seven and a half years, I haven't done marijuana, but I also have always you never know. Maybe when I'm in my sixties and it's like my Saturn return again, like maybe I will like actually use it at that point in my life again. I don't know, but I'm always keeping everything as of an understanding of what is not working, but also not creating some sort of no, never again kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because then that creates a limited amount of what could be manifested. There are little parts of everything in alchemy 
that are necessary of the whole universe. Everything in the universe is here for a reason. There is not one part of it that is a no, it shouldn't be here. So there, because it only becomes that way when people start to demonize anything. Yes. I, man, I love what you're saying. Just cause it's no, like I, that kind of attitude, like I'm so done with this or I'm so done with that. It's like, no, not necessarily like maybe right now, but not long-term. Um, really, really love that. And I would love for you to kind of share with us a little bit of astrology insight. Obviously this is a recording. So today's necessarily horoscope won't, uh, serve us as this comes out, but what, give us a little bit about where we are right now and where we're going. Well, I'd say the biggest thing that where we're at is, you know, in the 2010s that we're ending here and moving into the 2020s is, was the great awakening, the great shift the Mayans predicted in 2012. And 2020 really is this, I would say, finally the rocket moving forward to that. Like with any major cycle, like especially the Mayan cycle that ended the long count calendar of uh, December 21st, 2012. I mean, we're talking about a galactic system here of time that had reset. So the galactic understandings is our galaxy that, you know, the galaxy moves pretty slow for the sun to go around the galaxy. I mean, we're talking about 220 million years to come around the galaxy as the sun does, right? So, um, and then the sun also as well has a 24,000 year cycle that it does on its own going through its own upper and lower quadrants of the ecliptic plane. So, uh, you know, we've just taken some time to get this thing going here. There's been a lot of preparation for the rocket ship of awareness. And 2020 really is the shift point of that happening. But there is going to be a lot of fear that is projected to the world. That's what these major transits coming up with Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter in Capricorn, which hasn't happened since 1282 through 1284. But there was no south node there. So we've never seen this in our life. And, you know, to get these big planets, the two biggest ones, Jupiter and Saturn, and to have Pluto there, which finally was discovered in 1930, which means consciously, even the people in 1282 through 1284 didn't even realize Pluto was there during that time. That now we're aware of it, and we have pictures of Pluto uh, that came in 2018. So we are very aware of Pluto for the first time this intense with a major conjunction point with Saturn and a major conjunction with Pluto that's uh, Jupiter that's coming. So what do you get with that? You get some major, major world changes, especially in Capricorn, dealing with the structures of this reality, the the paradigm, I guess you could call it, the yeah. the rules that have been set. And, and a lot of these are instilled from thousands of years ago. I mean, th this is where we're going to start to see the deterioration of these things. Yeah. And it's going to scare a lot of people. And also, there's also control, the control mm -hmm. in yourself that has to be learned to let go of because the understanding of control is actually um, not wanting the universe to guide your destiny, but you guide your destiny. And the universe does a lot better job of guiding your destiny than yourself. Yeah. You know, and so when we're in a place of control, it's actually in a place of uncertainty in ourselves and uncertainty of the trust that the universe has a preordained aspect. And, and people have a problem with predetermination just because of the fact they don't even understand that the planets, I mean, I, we can call out right now that a full moon will be, you know, we just had one, right? So we can tell exact time and exact measures of when planets will be exactly in the place they are. So we are obviously in a bubble, an aquarium, whatever you want to call it, a space solar system that has got a preset time. Mm -hmm. So 
the more I think that this transit that's coming here in 2020, that's offering people to surrender more to destiny, to, to, to surrender to whatever's happened, your own story of your own movie, was all for a reason and to stop putting this whole grip on, I'm gonna steer the ship this way and da 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 da. I mean, it, it, that's what the Titanic did. That's what, I mean, like, you know, like this is where people's ships will, will crash, but it doesn't mean like it's the end of their lives, but it means that they will crash into the illusion of the control they have in their lives. And I think that that's going to be scary for people, but it's more empowering if you're willing to let go. Yeah. Well, and I love it is you said the ship will crash, but they won't necessarily die. The ship is the paradigm that they've been living by or the context and all those constructs that they've just been trapped in. And so it's like, cool, lose that ship, <laughs> jump on board with someone else. But um, I, I really love it because so far the theme of 2019 has been to follow your heart, follow your passion, like listen in to what you're feeling called to do. And, um, and for those who have been that it's kind of that time to cash in on your karmic debts or like cash in on all that energy you've been putting towards what you're doing. And so what do you say to the people who truly are, um, they're awake, they're going for it, they're following all this stuff. And how can they really use that, not use it, but I guess step into the flow of it and not necessarily resist. Maybe they've released the control already, but they'd love to kind of go downstream a little bit smoother <laughs> instead of hitting the rapids. Right. I, I, this one might trigger people. The first thing is you have to look at your relationship, whoever you're in a relationship with. Mm. I don't know what it is. I have data that proves through, I've done over 10,000 one-on-one personal sessions in over a decade that any light worker or any spiritual coach or anybody that is going for their dreams, the biggest breakup of their life when it finally happens is when they take off. Because there is something about these karmic relationships that are tied into us reaching to where we need to go. This whole life is about relationships, really. The relationship you have with yourself, to God, to a camera I'm talking to you on right now, webcam and a, a podcast, you know, Mike, to, to everything has a relationship. And, and I think that the first thing that comes up is a lot of people try and put the cart before the horse mm. when the horse has to be in front of the cart. So there's this thing where, well, I, 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 put, I made my relationship first. Now I'm going for me. It's like, okay, so you identified as yourself through the relationship now you're trying to go out there and be an identity oh you really think that that's going to be good because now you're leaving the identity in which was in that relationship but you're trying to hold that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's always the hardest one for people to hear yeah yeah i'd love to sprinkle a little more <laughs> uh, on that <laughs> it's just like that people are the reflection like yeah. all the shit we don't want to look at all the shit we don't like and the things that we do like it's just a complete reflection and i do think that is the hardest pill for people to swallow is like people your situation is a reflection of your vibe a reflection of the energy you're putting out and your your subconscious belief systems oh my goodness um and just the way that we act a victim of it or to it when really we're responsible for it and so i think that's yeah. just such great access i would say that the last thing that really i remember and I've seen through others is as once you go through that and once you have released that and you're now on the other side and it usually is where you're like, I have no idea where I'm going. 
that's usually the best place you're at is when you just start putting out there what you want and you just go, all right, universe, serve it up. Even when I was at like no money in my pocket and like $20 that I needed showed up. Like, and then that $20 was all I needed to get where I needed to. And like learning, like all I need is what I need in the moment to get me to where I will be in a place of abundance that I know. And everything that abundance comes from is these are these old belief systems that like, I need so much money to feel like I'm special or this or whatever, or comfortable. It's like, especially me, I run two corporations. I have huge studios. I have employees. I have, it's incredible. I mean, it's insane. I mean, even just the internet here is 500 a month, let alone my three vehicles are freaking over five grand a month in payment. So, I mean, you know, like you come to a point to where you realize everything will just show up when you need it to. And, it, and then when you keep looking at, I need this in my account, or I need this in my life, like, or I need this and I will be comfortable or I'll be able to do what I need once I have this. It's like every tool you need is right in front of you if you let the universe bring it to you instead of having a mindset of like, once I have this, then this will do that. Or once I do this, it'll be there. I just followed the universe for that first three months after I went through a breakup and it was a month after doing this full time. And in that three months, even though, yeah, I, I stayed at my buddy's and lived in his kitchen and rented a little space for like $100 to, but I was taken to amazing conferences where I got hired to, to do some work I didn't want to do, but really it was a great opportunity, but I was able to still do readings. Like there was all these things that just showed up that I followed and it took me to where, I mean, everywhere I'm at today and even you have to continue to go through it. There will never be a point where you're like, oh, I've mastered this. Oh, that's when the universe is going to laugh in your face and then throw you right back at the same spot. I've had to go through it a, a couple of times. I mean, I almost lost this whole thing last year in 2018. I almost lost it in 2019. You know what I mean? Like I have a really high overhead. And then I started to be like, I'm only comfortable if I have this much again. And I started to do all that. And I went, what the fuck am I doing? And that's when I switched all around back to the way that I was. And then it's been just like, I just get through every day and ask the universe to show up. And then I get ideas and, oh, I'll go make this now. Or, oh, I'll go do this. And to do it. Yep. And it's, of course, having your plan. But, you know, as long as that's still moving towards the plan and you're just in a free flow state and you're just like, you just watch this thing. Boom. Even like with you, just like you hit me up. Hey, let's do the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Boom. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I love where you're where you're speaking from because I think and it just kind of goes back to that illusion of control too, being willing to let that go. And I love speaking it whenever it presents itself is like our relationship to the unknown is yeah. what really stops us from getting to experience how great life can get because we make it that because it's unknown, we make it dark and then it's scary and the you know the boogeyman lives there and we won't even go explore it or we won't even follow that those like little little breadcrumbs right but i just was listening to the end of the the big leap today and he says the universe will uh tickle you with a feather or hit you with a sledgehammer and i just i believe it to be so true because when we ignore those those they're they're always little tugs or little little pulls on your heartstring or you hear that whisper thought and you're like ah nah that doesn't fit or like, there's no way. And that's, I built my entire business on little heartstring pulls. Like, Oh, that seems like a really great idea. That sounds like the next best thing. And all of a sudden an entire curriculum for transformation unfolded, you know, mm. and I've been building it for the last three years and it makes so much sense. And I couldn't have, you know, started from that point 
it was like walking through one door to see the whole room, walk into the lobby, into the, into the elevator, into the fourth floor. And it's like, you just can't necessarily know what's in that unknown, but you do have to be willing to explore it. And so, man, I would love to acknowledge you for the way that you have allowed that to happen because it's gotten you where you are. And so we're going to begin to wrap things up, but I would love for you to share with me what you see if everyone were truly living their heart unleashed, what would be possible? I always like to look at the ocean. I mean, there are hierarchies in the ocean. Mm -hmm. They organize, but there's something about this free flow in the ocean. I mean, we don't even know what's going on down there. 75% of this earth is water. And the ocean's the biggest part of that. And there is a whole ecosystem, a whole life system that functions. And we don't ever hear or feel its chaos. Now, yeah. sure, we see random things like beached whales or a bunch of, you know, and then we can be very concerned. But at the same time, we also don't know what's going on down there. Yeah. Yeah, so, what a great the, analogy. And so, so, so there's a whole other reality happening within our reality that we don't pay attention to. We keep looking up for aliens, yet right in front of us is probably the source of to everything. And if you even follow the Darwinistic elements or Darwinism and understanding evolution, and there's a lot of connection to us coming out of the water to the land, um, you start to realize that a lot of the things that... Um, you can just take into looking at is right there in our ocean and, and, and how we uh, are trying to function. And you just look at nature and how it functions too. Um, I, I really got into, uh, um, I don't know if you, this is a long time ago, but it's called um, fractal geometry, okay? Mm -hmm. So what that is, is that nature does not make geometry in straight lines like we do, right? Right, the curve. So it's the Mandelbrot set that they did. They did it a mathematical equation to understand what infinity looked like physically in digital computer form in the 80s. And what they found was in the Mandelbrot set that infinity and how everything is a split into itself. But if you look at a tree, you can see that no tree looks like another tree. You could see how nature, there's no straight lines. There's no, even a mountain rock or anything, everything is unique and all just ever flowing in itself. And, and, and humanity is trying to almost do the opposite, right? Like we're making houses look the same, we're making cars look the same, yes. right? you know? We're even trying to all look the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and there becomes this part where, you know, maybe that's part of the human experience too, though, is to kind of be the opposite form of that, right? Like maybe nature was like, I don't really want to, continue to be this, like maybe I want to experience it in this way. So who knows? But I think that this state of happiness around everyone in the world is going gonna, gonna to be on a lot more simple scale of just people being able to feel that they know they're in their calling. And when they know they're in their calling, they're not stressed out when crazy stuff happens. I mean, I don't see the trees freaking out when there's an earthquake. I don't see, <laughs> you know... If you notice even the animals, like sure, there's a freak out when there's a tsunami for that moment, and then they're still chirping in the morning. I think that a lot of that is like knowing that everything happens for a reason, even the worst of things. And I yeah. think that we're in a society and culture that is believing that we can protect ourselves from the worst of the worst of the worst all the time, but without being willing to accept that, it's becoming more and more and more worse just because of the fact that we are trying to control something from happening. And whenever mm -hmm. you do that, 
you know, we, it's like dikes, right? There was always the problem in Holland. I'm Dutch, my mom's side. So, you know, with like this whole entire country being underwater basically and diking it up and the dikes breaking and even happens in New Orleans, you know, there's dikes that keep that, that, that city from falling underwater. Uh, and even right now in the um, Indonesia, they're moving Jakarta, which is the main city all the way north. That city's been there for a thousand, a thousand years. They're moving the whole capital out of that part of Indonesia. So there becomes this part of where when you try to force everything to avoid the worst catastrophe, that eventually it's going to become an even harder task. Or right. it's going to become at you more intense. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I mean, that is a perfect, I, I always call that people doing people things. So when I watch ridiculousness happening, I just, that's the only way I can not deal with it, but just not like why react or why get spun up about it because it's just people doing people things. And so uh, us in our consciousness or our intellect and trying to, uh, I love the laws of nature and your, this, the way that you said that I've never really give, been given the perspective of the ocean, but it all governs itself and it works it works however it works and then just that natural like darwinism as well um i really love that because even in my own book i write about like how a cashier can be the one of the happiest people you know because they're just doing work that fulfills them that they love they don't have to be some dynamic leader they don't have to have you know a million followers they don't have to have something so crazy and extreme i love that you brought in the simplicity and what's available in it, because I think we are distracted by the complexity in the way that you need to have more or be able to show for something when in fact, that's not necessarily the case to truly know your inner peace or truth. Yeah, I think to bring up the social media thing, because I think it's a hot topic. It's not about how many followers or nothing. It's about who's following you that's concentrated that actually enjoys your work. Yeah. And People with smaller followings have more engagement or more business than others that have millions or whatever and have the look of it. But like, it's all like a show, like, you know, mm -hmm. like who's really putting for the dough, you know, mm -hmm. that's how that's a, that's a golf term. You know, I play golf. So with my dad, I do too. <laughs> okay. So you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> my big birthday's out, like crunched it 280 <laughs> yards. Like, yeah. And then, Oh man, my short game like, uh, uh, and then oh, I'm, I'm putting for a seven. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, well, that's a lot of what you're seeing right now on social media. Yeah. I love that. Great analogy. <laughs> I hope we have some golf golfer listeners. Sure. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can we start following you, listening in and learning more about astrology? Oh, there's a lot of spaces, but it's easy if you just uh, follow me. Uh, just go to theleoking.com. Actually, that's where all my socials are. And then highvibe.tv is the spiritual network that I founded. And it's all about bringing daily, weekly, monthly, and interviews and talk shows and podcasts. We have our own network on Apple TV, Roku, iOS, Android, and on the website, highvibe.tv. We're basically, we've built the spiritual network that's much more real and about high vibe and talking about anything and not trying to be too woo woo and and being real and and connecting with all people and not making this all about only spiritual people in the spiritual community <laughs> i love it well thank you for doing that thank you for 
what I would call mainstreaming it in a way because it's, it's, it's understandable, it's tangible, it's relatable. And so thank you for who you're being for, for following what you're passionate about and for being really just so yourself. So like you're, to me, you occur as so vibrant. And so it's really fun to watch. I feel very connected to your messages and very guided by them as well. So thank thank you so much. You're yeah. so sweet, and I'm so proud of what you're doing and following your heart and making all of it happen. And that's what we all have to do right now is support each other with that. That's the world that's beautiful to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I also really believe about that world that there's so much less, not adversity, but the conflict. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much less blame, shame, hate, hurt, just because when we're all expressed, like what else is there besides collaboration, you know? And so, I appreciate that. 100%. Yeah, I believe that too. And I like that you brought that up to end this. What a great spot to end it on. So (laughs) yeah, thank you hearts for listening. I hope that you got exactly what you needed today. Be sure to head over to theleoking.com. Give David Palmer a follow. Let him know you listened in and be sure to screenshot and share and let us know that you're listening so we can give you a virtual high five back. Thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.